25 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Oh, God, we love him. They are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the West right tight. That's left. 372 Y sticks. He's The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. All right, hour two of the show has begun in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. They are your home team. Local agents, competitive rates, fast service, friendly service. That's what you get at Farm Bureau. I'm Matt. Roger's here. And you can hit us up, be a part of the show. Lots of different ways to do that. Number one, you can call me on the Divinity Equipment phone line. That'd be great. Divinity Equipment in Madison and in Jackson, your Kubota dealer. They are your oldest Kubota dealer in the U.S., right here at home. All right, so call me on the Divinity phone. It's 995-1059-601-995. 1059. Also, you can text the show 885 ESPN. 885 ESPN. That is a 601 number as well. 885 ESPN. All right. Um, there's a bunch of texts here from hour one. I'm going to um, get to those now. I'm going to do my best to get to those now. Yeah, feel free to text me. Like I said, you can also tweet the show at Radio Wyatt. Appreciate that. And a lot to get to. Later in the hour, a Monday, a rare Monday appearance from Mary Liddy, eight-year-old Mary Liddy. She's out of school, and she's here at home and having a big old time being out of school. And so we're going to talk with her. Thanksgiving and whatnot. That's all coming up later in the hour. And what I'm going to do right now after I get to a couple of your texts Uh, from hour one, I'm going to tell you why State will win the Egg Bowl. Then I'll tell you why Ole Miss will win the Egg Bowl. (laughs) Semantics, I know. What I'm saying is two things, one for each team, that maybe you can look to if you are a fan of either as to a reason or the reason or one of the main reasons why you will win the game on Thursday night, okay? So all that's coming up. First, though, in order of business, the C Spire Connerly Trophy that is given out to the state's top college football player every year. We know who the finalists are, those released earlier today. We know who they are. And you can go vote by the way, you can go vote for those. I'm going to try to get you that link because, let's see, Trophy Finalist 2019. There is a link that you can go to, and it's on the C Spire website, where you can actually vote 
And the fan vote's going to play a role in who wins this thing, okay? Here it is. It's a little long, but here it is. C Spire Connerly Voting dot hscampaigns.com. Now, that's the direct link, okay? I'm going to do one better for you, though. I'm going to tweet it out here on my Twitter feed just so that you can go there, you can see it, and, uh, you know, it's one click away that way. Okay? All it says is Connerly finalists. I'm going to tag C Spire in it. It's their award. They uh, sponsor giving it out every year. And then there it is, a link where you can do the fan voting. So that's the most recent tweet from mine. If you want us to look it up on Twitter, at Radio White, you'll see the link right there. You click it, go vote for you know one of these players. They are John Rice Plumlee, Ole Miss quarterback. Kylan Hill, Mississippi State running back. Keontae Hampton, Jackson State linebacker. Southern Miss quarterback, Jack Abraham. Millsap's defensive end, Liam Vincifora. He will have the best hair at the ceremony. Mississippi Valley State defensive back, Tracy Tompkins. Alcorn quarterback, Felix Harper. Mississippi College QB, Dietrich Hawthorne. Bellhaven quarterback, Hunter McEachern. And Delta State defensive back, Junior Falk. Okay, so those are your finalists. you got a whole handful of quarterbacks there. Obviously, Plumlee and Abraham, Ole Miss, Southern Miss. you got an Alcorn's quarterback who they're having a great year. And then Hunter McEachern from Bellhaven. you got him in that mix also. You have what Kylan Hill is the only running back that is a finalist for this year's Connolly. So anyway, those are your finalists. Go vote. Be a part of the fan vote if you want to, and we'll let you know who's going to win that thing. And, and oftentimes it will come down to who plays best in the Egg Bowl so many times. But I think this year is different. It's not that clear because I think Jack Abraham, quarterback Southern Miss, certainly has a, a shot to win it. Okay? Okay. Here we go. Um, unnamed texture. Did y'all see what the refs said on a penalty in the Saints game when everyone moved with the ball in the center? I didn't see that. A lot of times they'll go false start, everybody but the center. Is that what they said? I mean, it's fine with me. Call the penalty. I don't really, half the time, don't even really care who it's on. Now, in regards to Thursday night, Thanksgiving night, Egg Bowl stuff, Unnamed texter says, there is an ESPN contract. ESPN decides what time the teams play. If the teams are doing very good, they will not renew the contract, and it will go back to Saturdays. Well, well, who, though? But, I mean, who has the leverage? Is it television that has the leverage, or is it the schools? Because you say if the teams are doing very good, see, if ESPN has the leverage, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. Who has the leverage? I just imagine the schools at this point now, given that the NFL is going to dominate that Thursday night with its viewership, uh, I would imagine that schools probably want to get it back on Saturday for a lot of reasons. No more short week for everybody and all that kind of stuff. Uh, And we brought this up earlier. Yeah, the NFL stuff on Thanksgiving Day generally is 
11-33-37-20, no matter what time the Egg Bowl is played, it's competing against an NFL game. And that is a big part of this. Somebody was asking how you join the Jackson Touchdown Club. I don't really know. I'm just going tonight as their guest. As I told you earlier, Ice and Rankin says that we ought to call it the battle for the golden egg and not fun of the Egg Bowl. I know a lot of people that way. They go, it's not the Egg Bowl. That's the way Jack Crystal was. Jack Crystal said it's not It's not a bowl game. Stop calling it the Egg Bowl. <laughs> it's the battle for the golden egg, if you want to call it anything. Other than that, it's just a state and Ole Miss game. Um, somebody said, did you say Kylan would transfer after the season? I just thought I heard that, but not sure. Yeah, you misheard. It was a question about Keaton Thompson, the quarterback, not Kylan Hill. Uh, I would imagine a healthy Kylan Hill goes to the NFL after this season, given that running backs have a short shelf life anyway. And somebody said that the reason we call it the battle for the golden egg is because football is new age war. (laughs) Sort of. Okay, I got you. So if the teams aren't doing very good, they are not going to renew that contract and the game will go back to Saturday. Okay, gotcha. Makes sense. So if we go back, so maybe this whole contract that they were able to land and get the game on Thursday night, Thanksgiving, year after year, goes back to when the teams were really good in 2014 and 15, right? So they had a little leverage, put the game on Thursday night, thought it would be great for exposure. Maybe it is. I I, I mean, there, maybe there's something to be said for being the only college game on television. It's just... You know, Thanksgiving Day, you're just dwarfed by now. Not It wasn't this way in the past, but now you're dwarfed by the NFL. And you're still always kind of dwarfed by the idea that it's just it's a holiday and, and people are really more interested in getting their families together. And Tim says on the text line, I'm not saying they won't, but I've seen nothing from Georgia that scares me as an LSU fan. Yeah, what they squeeze by Auburn. And then just squeak by Texas A&M. And oh, by the way, they have a loss to South Carolina. And by the way, speaking of you know LSU and Auburn and Georgia and all that, listen, you see where today in the press deal Nick Saban said, <laughs> it, and quote, Nick Saban said about Auburn, this is probably the best team that we've played all year long. Well, Nick, you lost to LSU at home, who's now the number one team in the country. And then he goes out there today, and because they're playing Auburn, he says, this is probably the best team we played all year. <laughs> Coaches, man, they are something else. Okay, why will Ole Miss win the Egg Bowl? Riddle me that. Answer me that. Why will Ole Miss win the Egg Bowl? If you're a state fan, what is something you can hang your hat on as giving you hope that state will win the Egg Bowl. Seriously, tell me. You let me know. Text me, call, whatever. I want to tell you what I think. Um, Ole Miss running the ball. Now you go, okay, Matt, I tuned in for this. Roger, like that country song. I shaved my legs for this. <laughs> Shania Twain, very timely. She performed last night. Oh, yeah? AMA Awards, yeah. Okay. I missed it. Did a rousing uh, routine of her greatest hits. <laughs> you sound sarcastic. When you're no, saying. no, no. <laughs> well, there were three songs. 
Yeah. Okay, so um shave my legs for this wasn't one. It wasn't one of them? Okay. Um you're like, oh, I came here and listened to you for this, for you to tell me that the reason old Miss might win the egg bowl is because of they can run the ball. Listen, what I'm saying is look at it this way. Let me reword it for you. If Ole Miss wins on Thursday, it will be because they run the ball and John Rice Plumlee comes away with about 300 yards rushing himself. Okay? If they win, that's how they'll do it. How do you say that so confidently, Matt? Well, that's pretty easy. It's because they've done it against everybody they played. They've run the ball confidently and physically and at times with some electricity against everybody they've played. Now, outside of Memphis, I know. They were out of the gates to start this season against Memphis. That's just what it was. But they didn't know who they were and who their quarterback was, and then Plumlee gets in there, and then here they go. Yeah, and I told you this. So you got to go back to – let's see. you got to go back to – the Cal game? No, Auburn. So so twice this year. Cal and Auburn. To find the last time that somebody held Ole Miss under 200 yards rushing. 167 against Auburn, 177 Cal. And they've got, what, three? They got three games this year where they rushed for over 400 yards, including against LSU. Most recently. I just, look, that that's them. That's who they are. That's what they do. It's the most consistent part of their team. Run defense, nah, I mean, they, okay, sometimes not great at others. Pass defense, eh, they're just pretty much bad all the time. Throwing the football, way below average. But, man, every game, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. It's how they move the ball. They are capable. They have home run hitters. They have speed. They'll run away from you. And, you know, so they're going to do it. And if they come away from a, from the Egg Bowl with a win, it'll be because Plumlee goes off for about 250 and the other guys go off for about another 150. That's it. There it is. You know, and a, the occasional big play in the pass game to complement it. That's it. So that's how they get it done. What about State? I want you to think about this. I I do not sit here on Monday of Thanksgiving week with a ton of confidence in that Mississippi State team to go and play a full, strong four quarters, start fast, and play a full four quarters to win that game. I don't have just a ton of confidence in that. You know, they're coming off the... Game, they put up 45 points and beat up on Abilene Christian, 45-7, to but it took them a while to pull away. It was 21-7 to at halftime. And to start the second half, Abilene Christian, an FCS school, drove it down near the red zone, had a chance to make it a one-score ball game. But then State, you know, gets 17 fourth-quarter points. State outscored Abilene Christian 24-0 in the second half. Okay, so that's why it's 45-7. It's one of those where the score – makes it look a little more stretched out than the game actually was. 
Okay, that's just the truth of it. It's not putting a negative spin on it. I'm just calling it what it is. You know, the score, when you glance at it, gives the game a different look than it really was. It was actually pretty competitive for a while. Their kid completed a lot of passes against State, 25-38. Again, it's an FCS school. But State did rust the ball for 372. Anyway, I'm not here to focus on that game against Abilene Christian. I'm just saying that that's a game where, again, you saw indications of inconsistency. You know, the inability to just have something that you do over and over and over again, and everybody knows you're going to do it, and you can still just go do it. State just hasn't found that. They just don't have it. I do expect State to have some explosive plays. They will hit some big pass plays in that game. They're just going to do it. But the problem is a few ain't enough. You have to be able to, in a game like this, out-physical, out-tough, and outlast somebody for an entire 60 minutes. It sounds like coach speak, but it really is true. And I don't – I just – you know, I don't have – 100% 100% confidence that I'm going to see that from that team because I've been watching them all year. But one thing that does give you hope as a state fan is this. In the most desperate situations, and what you would look at in two years under Joe Moorhead, the most desperate situations, the most obvious must-win games, go back to last year. Auburn coming to Starkville last year. State had lost two in a row prior to that to Kentucky and Florida, two teams they weren't supposed to lose to, right? Including Florida at home where they couldn't on offense at all and got beat. Barely had 200 yards of total offense in both games. And now they're hosting a third straight SEC opponent, and they are in the top 10, and they are better than you, everybody says. But State had no choice. You cannot, in that situation with that team last year, you just can't lose three in a row. And with their backs squarely against the wall, they coached and played their best game of the entire season. And now fast forward to this year. Yes, it was earlier in the year, but after losing to Kansas State, you know, and they didn't just feel, nobody just felt like overwhelmingly great about State's first two wins either, Louisiana and Southern Miss. And then you lost to Kansas State. And it was a competitive game. That's a pretty good team. And it just felt like after that loss to Kansas State, now you're getting ready to host Kentucky. And it just felt like for this team and for everything going on, you just can't go out there and lose to Kentucky. You just could not afford to lose two in a row at home to Kansas State and Kentucky with everything else left on your schedule. It would just totally kill your season. And oh, by the way, that feeling is justified because you look up here with one game to go, they get five wins. They had to have it. They were desperate. And with their backs squarely against the wall, what did they do? They coached and played their best game of the year at home against Kentucky. And so, two examples in two years of the same type of situation that really they are in right now going into Thursday night's game. And that is, you just can't lose that game at home to Ole Miss to a four-win Ole Miss team. That's the way the team's going to look at it. That's the way the pressure is going to feel. They are going to feel, after getting run out by Alabama and then playing poorly against Abilene Christian, and knowing, too, that 
knowing too that you are playing for the postseason. It's win and in or one and done. <laughs> it's either or. It comes down to this. You have no choice. It's a bit of a desperation game, much like those other two I mentioned. And in those situations, that in two years has been when this coaching staff and this team have coached and played the best. So if you're a State fan, that's what you're holding on to. You're holding on to State's going to go out there and play their best game of the year and win. And, and I'm telling you, you might as well hold on to that, and here's why. Because that is what it will take. I don't believe that any of the previous 11 performances in wins or losses are good enough to win on Thursday night in this game. Well, Matt, they whipped up on Kentucky, played pretty well. Yeah, they did. I think Kentucky's better now with Lynn Bowden running around back there at quarterback than they were when Smith was back there trying to throw it. Even the win over Kentucky at home earlier this year, that performance will not be good enough on Thursday night. So all year long, if State wins, this will have to be their best one yet. And I really believe that. All right, I'll get your phone calls. i got a bunch of texts to get to and uh, comments on Facebook and so on and so forth. That's all coming up next in the Farm Bureau studio. Stay with me. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. On the show, the battle for the golden egg, or the egg bowl, or the the state Ole Miss game. Are you Ole Miss fans? What, what say the Ole bowl? Miss state game. They Ole Miss fans want to say Ole Miss first, so they say the Ole Miss state game. What's that, Roger? Wait, what makes a bowl game a bowl game? Just not regular season. Yeah, that's right. I mean, that's it. I guess you know, bowl games began as. I don't know, the way to handpick some college teams to play each other so that the writers around the country could try to figure out who deserves to be a national champion. And that became all bogus and screwed up. People claiming titles for their own benefit (laughs) back in the day, all because you wouldn't let them settle it on the field. That's what it was. And, again, it all goes back to power. People saw a way to get a hold of and to hang on to power in college football. And so they once they got that power, they swung their threw their weight around for a lot of years to make sure that you never did have a full playoff. You know, or anything like that. Because they want to keep it like it is, because they had the power. A lot of times people that have the power will go to great, great, great lengths to make sure they don't lose any of that. Anything that might put a dent in it. Yeah. 
No, they ain't doing that. Okay, uh, text line real quick. Unnamed texter says, State needs to play with passion and purpose. And potential and precision and power. <laughs> P, this episode brought to you by the letter P. Uh, affordable Painting Brad says, Will Mississippi State have the entire defense that should have played the entire year barring Tudorgate on Thursday? If so, that should be a huge plus against Plumley. <laughs> Think about all the P's we got in these last two texts. <laughs> State needs to play with passion and purpose. Affordable Painting says, It should be a huge plus against Plumley. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, there's no question. You know, you put those guys on the field who haven't played much this year, Marcus Murphy, uh, Willie Gay, uh, Lee Autry, some of those, yeah, it ought to help. None of those run a 4-3, though, and Plumlee does. I tell you, Plumlee's not very big. If you're going to be little, you better be fast, and he is. He is. It does worry me, though. All that running at his size, at some point he's going to get hit and he's going to get hurt. You, know, you think about guys who carry the ball a lot and don't get hurt. I mean, even Nick Fitzgerald, you know, he's 6'5", 235 pounds. He got hurt, faced an injury. All right, let's see here. Unnamed texture. No, this is Luke Dog. Luke Dog says... Matt, great show every single day. Here's my prediction. Mississippi State 30, Ole Miss 17. That's FAA dog. Hashtag, he says, dog defense is back. Hashtag, Schrader show. You think An Abilene butt whipping must have everybody feeling good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Tommy Stevens and the offense started out. They just could not connect. There, you know, he there were misses, there were breakdowns in protection. He got hit as he threw a couple times. When he did make a perfect throw or two, somebody dropped it. Man, it was just all out of whack in the past game to start that game the other day. So people lost confidence. Yeah, that's that's just the way it is. All right. Derek on the Divinity Equipment phone line. What's up, Derek? What's going on, Matt? I got two things for you, man. I'll, I'll comment on the Egg Bowl real quick. I'm uh, I'm a Georgia fan, so I wanted to touch on that. But I think the I think Ole Miss will take them just simply because I think they have. A, I think in the locker room they they're going to play for a little bit more than what state uh, uh, state's playing for. And, and not to say that yeah. every game doesn't mean the same for all the players, but I just I think the coaching problem at state right now is going to create enough distraction. Mm. Uh, for him to get those players to do what he wants to do. And I, I think everybody kind of feels that in the, in the locker room with State. Yeah. I don't necessarily disagree with you, Derek. Um, and here's a – you know, Derek, Ole Miss, it's it's really – it's it's a weird thing because they're sitting there as a four-win team, right? And so everybody's giving them moral victories here and there, and players generally don't care or want that stuff. But, but there's something about – them because they have been so consistently explosive in their run game that it's just given Ole Miss some confidence, even though they haven't won a lot of games. I think that's what you're touching on, isn't it? Like Ole Miss has this look about them 
or at least has that even though they're not they're not going to beat LSU, they're not going to beat the Alabamas and all that kind of stuff, but they they look like a team. Yeah, and I think I think anybody that watched the LSU game, I don't think anybody expected on this to to compete with them. Right. Um, I, I think it was shocking for for everybody to watch this kid um, display as as athleticism and the way he ran. Um, I think that 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 takeaway um, because I think everybody knows the kid's not really a good thrower. He's a great athlete, but he's just not an accurate passer. Um, I, I think that's what's going to make the the Egg Bowl all that more interesting to state fans is that they know if they can at least contain him, you know, to a hundred plus 125 yards, it's going to be a game. I, yeah. I think it will. Cause I don't think Ole Miss's defense is anything special. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. What about Georgia? But, um, what about Georgia? So they just get, barely get past Texas A&M, you know, they kind of squeeze by Auburn. There's a loss in there to South Carolina. Like, what do you think about them? Matt, I think the glaring weakness with this is what everybody doesn't want to touch on because he's he's brought so much uh, he's brought so much vigor to the team, but he's just not a big game coach. And I think that you know when when Kirby took over, he had a boatload of talent, and everybody knew it, and it carried him. They carried him more than he carried them. I think there's been some some real questionable time management calls on his behalf. Uh, really kind of putting in the players that were on fire and keeping them in there. Um, what I think is going to be a problem with the LSU game is Georgia's offensive line, you can you can bust about them being 330 pounds all day long. But the problem is they just haven't brought it against FBS schools and really run the ball with authority. And I don't know what's going on with and, – and you can probably expand upon this better than I can. I don't know what's going on with the, the receiver situation – um, if they're not, if they're not, you know, great at running routes, are they not being able to break off when Jake Fromm's trying to, you know, give them the reads? But they're going to stack the line on Georgia, and they're going to make Jake Fromm beat them, and he's not going to be able to. I'd love it if it happened. I'm a die-hard die Jake Fromm. I think he's a great kid, but I just don't think he's going to be able to to sustain a run game yeah. to where he's going to threaten anybody with his arm. Um, you know, Derek. Like, what's hard is, you know, if we look at Georgia's pass game, and, you know, if it's juxtaposed against what LSU is doing in the pass game or what Alabama has done in the pass game, you know, no, it doesn't compare. But I I tell you, there's something about LSU. I know they went in there and they beat Alabama, and, and they are really – they're just – they're so good, and Joe Burrow is having such a great year. It's all about outscoring them. But I don't see Georgia-LSU matchup as being an issue of can Georgia score and move the ball against LSU. I think they will. It's all going to be a matter of how much can you limit LSU's offense, right? I mean, if you go you go in there and you give up 38, 40 points to LSU, you're not beating them. And that's really what it comes down to. But, Derek, I guess I disagree in that. I don't care what I've seen really from Georgia. I've seen enough from LSU's defense to know I think Georgia's going up and down the field on it. I really do. And I think Seven's going to have a big game running the ball. Derek, I appreciate your call, man. Thank you. Thanks. Yep, have a good one. That's a good call. All right. A little ways to go here in the Farm Bureau studio. Stick around. 
You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. Back on the show. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau Insurance. Local agents in all 82 counties in Mississippi. People you get to know one-on-one, face-to-face. So still just a little ways to go with you. We're getting uh, Thanksgiving week started. That means uh, the little kitties are out of school, including my little kiddo, uh, eight-year-old Mary Liddy. And I tell you what, she had a busy weekend. She had a uh, play that she was in. They had four performances of that play here, the little um, kids theater group in, in this area. It's called the Pied Pipers. And they had four performances of the play. It was a candy-coated Christmas carol. And she had two parts in the play, some singing parts, speaking parts, and they performed it four times. And by the fourth performance, kids were yawning on stage, literally. <laughs> but it still was good. So she had that. And then we had a big get together. She did some singing with her kids' choir at church last night and a big Thanksgiving dinner that our church does. So even though we're just getting started in the week of Thanksgiving, Mary Liddy and I and her mom had turkey and dressing and all that stuff last night at church. So that's great. So here, um, still a little ways to go, plenty of time. A quick conversation, though, with eight-year-old Mary Liddy Wyatt. It is Monday of Egg Bowl Week, or the battle for the golden egg. We've talked about that. Call it whatever you want. We know that it's State versus Ole Miss on Thanksgiving. But that's the real key is the fact that it is Thanksgiving. That's what's more important than the football game. It's time spent with family and giving thanks. And for more on that, let's um, joining us now in the studio. You can hear breathing into the microphone. Eight-year-old Mary Liddy Wyatt, my precious little daughter, who's every day she's less and less little. Well, why are you growing up so fast? Um, I don't know. <laughs> you can't help it? No. I'd like. I want you to stay small. I want you to stop growing. <laughs> I can't do that. <laughs> you can. I know. Okay. So, what uh, Mary Liddy is special about this week? Um, uh, it's the Egg Bowl week. Yeah. Okay. It is Egg Bowl week. What else is special about this week? Uh, on Friday, I'm gonna go to my grandmother's house. Yeah. Um. Right in Vicksburg, honey and choo choo. What else is special about this week? <laughs> It's Thanksgiving. Oh. All right. So what what did you eat last night at church for the big Thanksgiving meal? Turkey, uh, dressing, green beans, yeah, and that corn thing. Yeah. What do we call? It's like a corn casserole or something. Yeah. It's really good. It was really good. I was um, surprised that you ate all of that dressing. I didn't know you. Well, you didn't eat all of it, but you ate a lot of it. I didn't even know that you liked dressing. Uh, I tried it. That's the first time I had tried it. Yeah. And I liked it. Yeah. As soon as. You, what about the cranberry? Do you like the cranberry? No. Why not? Because it didn't taste good. <laughs> um, you also had sweet potato casserole. 
mm-hmm. on your plate? I don't like sweet potatoes. You don't? No. I love them. I only like baked potatoes and um, potato chips and French fries. <laughs> That's the only kind of potatoes you like, huh? What about potato soup? Yeah, and the turkey was really good. Have I ever even tried potato soup? You have. You have. Mary, why why do we have turkey at Thanksgiving? Why is it? Why is that a tradition to have turkey on Thanksgiving? Uh, I don't know. You ever, you, you ever thought about it? Maybe it has something to do with the pilgrims and the Indians? No, um, the pilgrims and the Indians, I learned this in school. Um, the, like, turkeys were... Turkeys were around, but they didn't eat the turkey at the feast. They didn't? No. Okay. They ate deer meat, deer fat, duck, and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. So the the turkey thing came later on somehow. Well, I... And did you know that the Thanksgiving feast lasted three days? Three days? The first Thanksgiving. Hey, come over here where I can see you. you. You mean they ate for three days? No, they didn't like just eat and eat and eat. But the Thanksgiving just like lasted three days. Lasted three days. That's really cool. I wish our Thanksgiving would last three days. Uh huh. But well, we get all week off from school. Uh-huh. Are, are you excited about that? Tell the truth. Uh yes, because today's Monday and I don't have to go to school. <laughs> and you like school, but you're happy to be out, right? Uh huh. Okay, last thing before I turn you loose. I know you got stuff to do today. You mentioned it. The Egg Bowl is Thursday night uh-huh. in Starkville, and you and Mommy are coming to the game with me. Uh-huh. You excited? Uh-huh. What do you think about it, you know, when State and Ole Miss play each other? How, how do we decide who's going to win? Um, we do um, this. Um, well, what do we do the in uh, What's it called? What do you mean? Like we choose from each one? Oh, yeah, we pick. Yeah, we do the picks. We pick a winner for the game. It's only Monday, but can I go ahead and ask you who you think's going to win? Monday, Monday. <laughs> do you know who you think's going to win the game? I don't know. Don't they're, know both, okay. they're both bad and they're both good. <laughs> okay, well, how about this? We'll talk about it some throughout the week, and then we'll come back and we can pick the winners later in the week. How about that? Uh-huh. Is that okay? Uh-huh. All right, but are there other stuff that we could pick from? Today? Oh yeah, there yeah, there's some other games um, going on. Alabama and Auburn play each other this week. So uh, yes, the the elephants versus the tigers. Which one do we like better? Well, I don't know. We don't really like either one of them. Uh, maybe Alabama because they beat everyone. Yeah, you gonna pick Alabama? Okay, uh-huh. there we there you have it. There's the first pick of the week, everybody. Mary Liddy has picked Alabama and the Iron Bowl. And we'll have her Egg Bowl pick later in the week. Mary Liddy, have a great Monday. Enjoy your day off. And uh, we'll have some turkey later in the week. Uh-huh. See you. See ya. <laughs> so there you go. Um, a conversation with Mary Liddy Wyatt, eight years old. Uh, if you listen to this show, a lot of people say this to me. We even have, you know, I guess I, I, it's not something I planned. I just, you know, at some point began saying, see ya at the end of every show. And so it kind of stuck and it's just kind of one of those things, you know, you pick up on stuff you've always done, but now it's kind of gotten to the point where going to school, when I drop her off at school in the mornings, 
uh, as I'm driving off, I usually have the window down saying goodbye, and she looks at me and she says, see ya. <laughs> so it's uh, rubbing off on uh, the little one also. Okay, so um, just a reminder, if you're just tuning in, got a little ways to go here, just a few minutes left. Uh, just a reminder, you got the C Spire Connerly Trophy finalists announced to you here today. We talked about that earlier in the show. Uh, they are Kylan Hill, running back Mississippi State, John Rice Plumley, quarterback Ole Miss, Keontae Hampton, linebacker Jackson State, Jack Abraham, quarterback Southern Miss, Hunter McEachern, quarterback Bellhaven, Felix Harper, quarterback Alcorn State, uh, Dietrich Hawthorne, quarterback Mississippi College, Liam Vincifora, Millsaps defensive end, Tracy Tompkins, Mississippi Valley State defensive back, and Junior Falk, who is a defensive back at Delta State. So you actually have a bunch of quarterbacks in there, but some defensive players as well. Tracy Hopkins uh, from Valley, Liam Vincifora from Millsaps, Junior Falk from Delta State, and uh, Keontae Hampton, linebacker, uh, Jackson State. You do have the ability to go vote for your favorite player or who you think should. I say not, you're not supposed to vote for your favorite player. You're supposed to vote for who should win it. <laughs> but that's just cspire Connerly Voting. HSCampaigns.com. And check my Twitter feed. I'll have sent that out for you. You just go, you click vote now, and uh, you'll be able to vote for who you want. Most often, you know, these awards, most often, not always, but most often come down to the Egg Bowl, but they also come down to, you know, who's the best player at either State Ole Miss or Southern Miss. And given stats and accomplishments and record and all that kind of stuff, like I said earlier, I don't think you can count out Jack Abraham at all, uh, quarterback at Southern Miss, big-time numbers. He's in top ten in the nation in passing. And uh, But we have seen this where a lot of times what happens in the Egg Bowl will actually play a big role in who wins it. You know, one player be up for the award and then have a big game and, and go win the thing. And given the fact that, you know, these two runners, John Rice Plumley at Ole Miss and Kylan Hill at Mississippi State are – so much of the the heart and soul of their team's offenses. I mean, it's both of those offenses just rely on those two guys so much that you just get the feeling that whichever one of those has the biggest night in that game on Thursday night, it may get the votes and come away as the winner. I still don't think it's as clear as maybe it has been in the past, though, that it's definitely going to be one of those two. I just don't think it's that clear. It has been clear in the past. I do not think it's that clear this time. And you can't count out Jack Abraham. But it's interesting. Could John Rice Plumlee win the Connolly as a freshman? Bitch to find out. All right, so appreciate you tuning in here on this Reaction Monday in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team. Staying connected to you because of C Spire. Be nice to everybody. Look around and make sure you're thankful for things that sometimes you take for granted here on the week of Thanksgiving. And we'll line up, put the ball down, say hut, do it all again tomorrow. See you then. See you.